This episode is brought to you by MSW Nutrition and Lounge, a partner in the How Do You Health Network. For decades, I've struggled with various gut and autoimmune issues, which have forced me to alter my life and career. Within the last year, though, after undergoing numerous blood tests, I've discovered that a majority of my health problems, they've been linked to vitamin and mineral deficiencies. Because I am now able to see what I was deficient in, I can also supplement against those deficiencies with the proper daily vitamins and minerals, as well as receive weekly IVs that are specific to my needs. This has changed the game for me. Today, not only do I feel like a completely new person, my ability to focus in life and business has increased, my athletic performance is better now than when I was a collegiate athlete, and most importantly, the relationship I have with myself, as well as the people I care about most, they are all thriving, and I'd love for you to feel the same way. So no matter where you are at in your health journey, whether it is scheduling your blood work or supplementing for your health needs, the beautiful part is the community at MSW and How Do You Health, they will listen to you and help you figure out the best path for you. So go to howdoyouhealth.com and use code THRIVE15 for 15% off all products and services. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's episode is with Michelle Flores, a supply chain engineer turned mindfulness coach. Through mindful breathing techniques and consistent practice, Michelle has been able to transform her life and overcome burnout, depression, and loss. While she started as a student of breath, today, Michelle is an ICF certified coach and is completing her second year training as a mastery method coach. A multi-dimensional approach to coaching which focuses on five levels of change, somatic, emotional, mindset, behavioral, and unconscious. As a mindfulness coach, Michelle merges mindful breathing and mastery method to support her clients by cultivating presence in their daily life, ultimately with the goal to create a life that they truly desire. I'm super stoked for you all to hear this episode because breathing has had a major impact on several friends and family members, including myself and my wife, and I would love for more people to be introduced to this powerful yet simple tool. So let's kick it right off with a short breath session led by Michelle Flores. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here, again, back with another Thrive On Life episode. And today I have something very special to begin with. I'm here with Michelle Flores, and she's somebody that helps other people with their mindset, but she's also an expert in breath work. So I thought I'd bring her on here, and the way that we would start off is if you could just run us through five minutes of one of your breath work sessions, Obviously, before that, if you want to say hello and introduce yourself, go right ahead. So without further ado, I welcome Michelle Flores to the mic. How are you doing today? Thanks, CJ, for that intro. So yes, I am a mindfulness coach and a breathing guide. So I do want to get us started with some grounding and bringing presence to our body and our thoughts, our emotions, and our entire whole self. Brief intro, I support women and men in getting really present and connected with themselves. Breathing is one of the tools that I use to support people in reeling into that present moment. But really the ultimate goal as a mindfulness coach is to support people to know that everything that they desire outside of themselves is available here and now. And then from this place of fully experiencing themselves, they can create the life they desire. So it's really an inside out approach to transformation. And so that's my invitation as a mindfulness coach. Um, so let's go ahead and begin with a really brief uh, parasympathetic healing breathing practice. So a lot of people, when they hear breath work, they hear, um, they think of Wim Hof or like really intense psychedelic breath work, which can be really helpful. I really love slow breathing because uh, modern society is in such a rush and sympathetic mode. So supporting the modern human to just slow down um, can be really helpful. So let's go ahead and just close our eyes wherever you are. And if you're here in the audience and you're driving, obviously just do it. Do this later. But if you're sitting down somewhere, get comfortable in a seated position and begin to close your eyes. And as you begin to close your eyes, 
real awareness into your breath. So I'll take a couple of subtle breaths for you to fully settle into your body. So go ahead and take a soft inhale through your nose. And as you take a soft inhale, see if you can make your upper belly area inflate. And make your exhale really soft and slow as you exhale, 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 exhale. Let's do that one more time. Soft inhale for one, two, three, four. We're going to extend our exhale for seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Soft inhale. And exhale, 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 exhale. Let's do that one more time. Soft inhale for one, two, three, four. And this time we're going to hold our breath. And as we hold our breath, check in with your eyelids, check in with your jaw, release any tension. We're holding here for a few seconds. And on this exhale, go ahead and release and relax, releasing any stress from your day, any chaos in the mind as you exhale, 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 exhale. Let's do that one more time. Soft inhale. Holding your breath. And every time we hold our breath, we're practicing neutrality, just being here in stillness with our breath and our body. And very slowly, exhale, 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 exhale. Beautiful. Go ahead and relax your breath. And as you fully relax your breath, just notice the energy shift in which we started and how you're experiencing yourself right now. Allowing silence and stillness to be here with us. And when you're ready, very slowly, we can begin to open our eyes and arrive back into the room. And we're ready. I hope you all enjoyed that as much as I did. That was awesome. The first time I got to experience Michelle and her gift was New Year's Day at our New Year's Day event where we teed it up for you to lead a meditation and breath work. And then obviously we got into all the fun, juicy stuff of movement and sauna and ice bath. But I really enjoyed setting the intention first, and it's something that over the course of my life has really made an impact with me the older that I get. First question I have for you is I'd love to understand a little bit more of your background and how mindfulness and breathwork became such a large aspect of your life. Because I know as a coach myself, to get to the point of teaching it, you've had to had gone through it yourself at some capacity to fully understand how the modality affects you. So I'd love for you to let the audience know a little bit of your story of how you actually got into mindfulness and breath work. Yeah, definitely. I love that you bring that up, the workout, and that we started with that intention with really just experiencing ourselves in that being before the doing, which was the workout and the workshop. And I think that going to my background, coming from an engineering background, for so long in my life, I was doing, 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 and I was rewarded to do, 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 do. Being an immigrant in the US, there was a lot of doing, doing, doing for pure survival, for just hustling and, and getting things accomplished because that meant a certain financial safety. And when I reached that financial safety in my engineering role, I was also experiencing a lot of burnout and a lot of disconnection from myself. So after five years of supply chain consulting and my engineer ego feeling really boosted and, and excited because I had the traveling life Monday through Friday, the company credit card, all the beautiful things that I thought I wanted, I felt really disconnected from myself. And there was a really big turning point for me where I was in a relationship. And in this relationship, we both experienced a lot of trauma. And in this relationship, I experienced the biggest amount of grief and loss that I had ever experienced in my life. And sometimes those rock bottom experiences allows us to really connect with ourselves because we have no other choice. And so when I reached that point, when I finally allowed myself to be fully present with my grief and my loss and my anger, 
I, well, number one, I realized that my nervous system was very dysregulated, that I had very little resilience and tolerance for stress, and that it was very disconnected with my most authentic self in my career, in my friendships, and in my relationship as well. And actually, to give you a little bit more background, I was living in Orange County. I don't know if anyone has been to Orange County. It's paradise. It's utopia, beautiful sunsets, ocean. I was eight minutes away from Newport Beach. And I remember just being one moment sitting in this beautiful beach with this perfect life that I at some point wanted. And feeling so sad, so disconnected from myself. And I was like, wow, this is really what some people really experience in their lives. It's I could be in Bora Bora. I could be in the most magical place in the world with the most abundant life ever. But when there's not that connection to our deeper source or soul, nothing feels fulfilling, right? And so I got introduced, so I had been doing yoga and some meditation, but not really consistent. And I got introduced to this book called The Breath Heals by Dr. Richard Brown. I think it's The Healing Power of Breath. And I took one of his teacher workshops. I always like to learn by teaching. And it was absolutely powerful because the breath that we just did today allowed me to first regulate my nervous system. I didn't realize just how unsafe I felt at that moment. My body somatically just didn't feel safe being in California in that relationship or in my job. So once I felt really comfortable with myself, I began to take a lot of just really bold and courageous actions. And so every time I work with my clients, I always say, when we take action, I mean, yes, it's really powerful to take courageous action towards the things that you desire. But sometimes it's easier to take action from a place of safety and flow. Forcing ourselves to do something can be helpful, but creating safety in the body first can be so powerful to walk towards the things that we desire. So after that, after ending that relationship, moving back to Austin, leaving that job, and then going full into mindfulness coaching, breathing became my main tool to connect to myself and to create safety within myself and to get to know myself better, to bring presence to my thoughts, to my emotions, to my actions, and to feel more connected to the world around me. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. The thing that struck me was you talked about the word resilience, and it's something that I've been really leaning into lately is creating anti-fragility and becoming more resilient in little ways. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. It literally is, for example, conversation I have with my wife, something that happens a lot of the time is I will feel some type of emotion and not be aggressive, but be overly rambunctious with a response rather than fully listening. And the resilience that I'm trying to train myself is to create affirmations where I'm listening more and responding rather than reacting. In your life, where did that show up as you weren't being resilient? So like, I'd love if you'd share like specific instances, if you could, so that somebody on the other end of this message right now can maybe think in their own life, like, wow, this is where I'm actually weak. Because for me, I always looked at myself as I'm a good athlete, I can get on camera, I can do all these things. So like I'm resilient, right? But then there was little areas of my life where there was friction, where I wasn't resilient. I was weak. I was reacting and not being the man that I wanted to become. And I'd love for you to share. Yeah, I love that you share that very vulnerable share. And I think it's very universal in relationships, whether that's a partnership or friendship or even in our workplace, being able to be present with our emotions is not taught in our school system, is not taught anywhere in our life. And I would say that's the number one thing that breathing has brought me is the ability to self-regulate myself. So when I think about relationships, the first thing that comes to mind is, yes, resiliency, but also your ability to be aware and connected with your state of being and not making it about the other person. So in my personal life, when I was in this relationship, I wasn't resilient because I looked at myself as a victim and looked at the other person as the villain because I was projecting out an internal feeling of my own. And so 
by practicing mindful breathing, I was able to get really present with my internal world and take full responsibility for my own experience. And so moving forward, when there is conflict in my personal relationships or in my life in general, I am able to be more resilient because I don't make the story about, first of all, the other person. I take full responsibility for my own experience and I'm able to sit with that discomfort. That's what breathing or mindfulness can bring into our lives. This is triggering me. This is making me really uncomfortable. This thing that my partner just said is like the one thing that they know it just absolutely destroys me. But how can I sit with this? And the way that you can sit with that is by self-regulating yourself and taking that beautiful pause that can make such a huge difference in our relationship or in our interaction with the world. So... That's how I would say I've created resiliency in my life and it feels good to have a resource and a tool that I know that no matter what life throws at me, I don't make it about me or I'm the victim and I am able to embrace life as a gift. And it doesn't mean that I don't experience uncomfortable emotions. It doesn't mean that I don't go through pain or grief or loss or anger towards people, but I can sit with it and channel that energy in a way that's positive, not in a way that hurts me or others. And the best part is free. Yeah. <laughs> You're yes. naturally doing it. Exactly. So like, regardless of the, 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 the struggle I always had as like a personal trainer is just like, oh, people don't want to pay for their health. If, if I'm a $150 an hour trainer, it's, yeah. it's a tough bullet for people to bite on sometimes. But with breath, it's you pick up a book and it's learn a little bit and you're already doing it. F- yes. I love that. Dr. Andrew Whale, who is one of the pioneers of introducing breath work into Western medicine, he talks about breath is the most inexpensive, effective, and accessible at any moment medicine and tool for people to self-regulate themselves. A lot of illnesses and autoimmune disorders and people that the unhealthiness that we're experiencing in this modern day, as every we've heard in every podcast, every biohacking, everything, it's stress, is the way that we're living. But if we're able to slow down our breath, the most foundational thing that makes us human and that keeps us alive, we're able to regulate ourselves and make our body feel safe, every other area of our body can feel really good and our mind begins to feel good and then our emotions begin to feel good. Actually, the breath and emotions are very connected. It's been proven that by regulating our breath, we can regulate our state of mind and our emotional state as well. So yeah, I love that you shared that, that it's completely free and accessible to all. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Michelle. I hope you are loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Michelle Flores. You mentioned autoimmune disorder and conditions. It's something that I've struggled with my whole life. And when I really dialed down into what I struggled with, like I had digestive issues. So when I thought, okay, I'm going to study myself, digestion in itself is I eat something, it gets digested or it doesn't get digested. And then we all know what happens next, right? So the first step of that is, okay, what am I eating? So I thought I was going to solve my problem by eating quote unquote healthy, that didn't really solve the problem. Then I start dialing into, okay, well, what else affects my digestion? And that's what I didn't really recognize in the beginning. This took years, was sleep, 
my breath, my anxiety, how much adrenaline is pumping through me, caffeine. So I started looking at all these things. And the number one thing that I realized had an impact was sleep. But to get good sleep, there was two things. And that was one, being mindful of when I was eating. So instead of shoving food down my throat, just like in a meeting or on the go, I would say, you know what, I'm going to not do that. And I'm going to sit down and be mindful of what I'm eating. And then the second thing is I'm going to breathe while I eat. So any guys out there, any athletes out there, girls too, but I've noticed it more with guys, we like scarf food down. It's just like we eat every day and we act like we don't. And then we just shove the food in our face. So what I realized was if I slowed down, was mindful, started breathing, would settle myself in, just like you're talking about, feel better while I go to sleep, sleep better, and then ultimately my health gets better. So I wanted to give that story to anybody else out there because you mentioned autoimmune. So anybody that's suffering from conditions like that, I can vouch for breath work and focusing on your breathing and your mindfulness is a huge help. But I'd love to jump into, if you remember like a breaking point where you mentioned going to this workshop for breath, I think a lot of people get stuck because they are in this hamster wheel of they know they're stressed out, but they don't know exactly what to do next. I'd love to get them off that ledge and jump towards, whether it's breath work, yoga, fitness, meditation, whatever, jump towards the thing. And I think the way that we do that is by understanding a little bit of your story and what was that pain point that really was like, I need to take some action in a different direction here. Yeah. Huh. You know, pain manifests at a physical level, but really is an emotional signal to create a shift in our lives. So it's really the way I see it in a more woo-woo way. It's like our highest self saying like, yo, go this way. Don't go that way. So every time I experience pain, I honor it now. I honor it. And I know that it's just a really great awakening for me to change my direction. But at the moment, I didn't have that level of awareness. And I would say the pain point that really got to me was, I would say that moment where I was at the beach and, okay, I'm going to get really vulnerable. (laughs) We're here for it. So the trauma that I was talking about with my last partner was that I actually got pregnant with my partner. And one of the decisions that I made that have influenced my life that moment forward was deciding to have an abortion. And regardless of what anyone in the audience believes, whether what's wrong or right, or whether it's a women's choice or pro-life or pro-choice, my personal narrative, I think every woman goes through a different narrative, was that I made a choice for myself that was out of fear and out of disconnection with myself. And although there is no regret in any actions that I've taken in my life, there are just really big fucking lessons. And that was the pain point that got for me. So I know we got really deep really quickly, but what I would like to say is that it is when in those moments when we make those choices for ourselves that are not good for us, that we continue to show up in ways that are not in alignment with who we say we are. And so the pain point for me was realizing that I was saying I was this person, but my choices weren't aligned with that. And my body experienced a lot of trauma. There's any women in the audience, like, it's so common. I didn't know how common it was. So common for women to go through this experience. And so in a more universal way, we don't have to wait to get to the rock bottom and to get ourselves into a really deep black hole. We can't get to that place and then have no other choice but to choose a new path forward. But if you find yourself in this hamster wheel, my invitation for your audience is to just take a pause, that it is okay and that it is safe to take a pause before you make any rash decisions. I think we're so conditioned to think that there is no time and I can't slow down. If I slow down, I won't make money. I won't survive all the things. And I think if anyone's listening to this podcast, you have access to an iPhone, you probably have Wi-Fi, you have a shelter over your head, you have food, you have all the tools accessible to you for you to pause and reflect. And so that's why I also got into breathing because every time I pause, my daily breathing practice is my daily connection to myself of like, oof, okay, what's present? What do I need to do to show up as my best self? And not having that practice in the past led me to get to a place that I was so disconnected to myself that chose relationships and things in my life that brought pain. So 
that was the breaking point that I would say brought the biggest level of awareness. And then regardless of having an abortion, if anyone in the audience also has ever been in an invasive medical procedure or where their body has to go through a lot of pain or discomfort, creating safety in the body again is so essential. Or maybe it's a car accident, right? Creating safety in the body is so essential before we can feel like ourselves again. We can experience illnesses or physical pains in our body that really detach us from who we, who we are and getting comfortable in our body, getting in our skin. So again, going back to breathing, breathing became the tool where I was able to be myself again and connect with myself again. First of all, thank you for sharing that story. I know that's not the easiest to come from a, a space where you're sharing intimate details of your life, but I appreciate it because there's somebody that's listening on the other end of this that is now going to be empowered to share a part of their story and be a little bit more vulnerable and help somebody else out along the line. And ultimately, that's what this this podcast is about. So I appreciate you sharing that and want to acknowledge that. And also that I have found out over the years that it is more common than I thought it would been just through the grapevine of, of different people. And as a male, it's interesting because I can empathize and sympathize, but I'll never truly know what that thought or feeling is like. And I just want to be the first to say that for any women that's listening to this, that there are people out there like Michelle who yes. you can lean on that will mm -hmm. understand. So with that, next part that I'd love to kind of understand is why breath? So you were going through this traumatic event and there's a lot of different outlets we could go to. I mean, you, you went to a positive one. A lot of people probably go to a negative one. But out of all the different outlets, what struck a chord for you to realize that breath was the one that you were going to kind of dive into? The first thing that comes to mind is that being a yogi practitioner before that, and not really like deep into the yogi philosophy, but the typical yogi, like I do at home yoga and do the basic poses and things. I, I saw yoga being a way that really helped me feel connected to my body. So that was my first introduction to breath. And then I got a little into this philosophy, Vedic philosophy and some like really ancient philosophy and how people back then, Ayurveda, it's from ancient India, medicine way of increasing longevity of life. And if you read and study like every single religion and ancient society talks about the breath being this connection to spirit. And so I've always felt very interested on spirituality. And then I read about the science of the breath. And the thing about breathing is that breathing influences both our physiological state, as I said, our emotional state, our mind level state, and it can also support us in shifting our behaviors. Breath by James Nestor was like one of the books that was the, one of the bestsellers, I think, last year. Really recommended if anyone wants to learn more about the breath and the science behind the breath. So why breathing? Because it influences every little state of the body. You talked about sleep and digestion. And, and as you were talking about all these things, I was like, well, the breath can improve your sleep. The breath improves your digestion. So the reason why I chose the breath, it's because through my own research, I realized, oh my God, holy crap, this is the stick shift that universe God or life gave us to regulate our unconscious patterns. You see, breath is the only function in the body that is both conscious and unconscious. It is the doorway to any unconscious patterns. Any, let's say you're trying to shift a behavior or habit. Your heart rate begins to accelerate. Uh, let's say that you're really into chocolate. And every time you see a chocolate, you get really excited. And your heart begins to accelerate. You begin to want that chocolate and grab that chocolate bar at the store. If I can self-regulate myself to the breath, I can, again, shift my physiological state, my emotional state, my mindset, and that behavior. So that's why I chose the breath, because I feel that diet's important, sleep's important, exercise is important. And how you breathe, I would say it's like really the foundational part of it. And I just want to add one more thing. By me showing up to training my body how to breathe properly, because it's both an autonomic function, so it's both unconscious and unconscious, meaning that I don't have to think about breathing. My body naturally breathes, but I can also think about breathing. Over time, daily repetition and practice of breathing, what we just did earlier, will teach my body how to react in those heightened situations in a more calm state, going back to resilience. So when you're training your body, just when you're training at the gym to 
kill it at that hike, you're teaching your body how to slow down to breath in those times of like high stress. It's so cool because I actually know what you're talking about. And it, I'm so hyped to have you on the podcast today because literally three days ago, I was using exactly what you're talking about when I was basically naked in 19 degree weather on a glacier on ice walking around barefoot. And literally two or three years ago, my body would have been freaking out. But leading the hike leading up to that, I'm intentional with my breath leading into where I know I'm going to like take my clothes off and, and sit down on the ice and have this experience. And 20 minutes go by. And I mean, by the end, you're starting to be pretty cold. But uh, I was very impressed with myself and everybody around me of how we responded to that environment. We responded in almost a controlled way rather than most people's response would be, holy shit, I'm cold. There's no way in hell I can do this. Not going to happen. So instead of letting the outside environment control me, I was then controlling the outside environment just by focusing on my breath and what was going on internally. And it's something that I recommend anybody else do. Like, again, look into Michelle's work and anybody else. I, I've read Breath. And it's funny because going back to this weekend, we were st- we the last night we stayed in a hotel and my buddy Yash, who was literally that last episode of this podcast, he got tape from downstairs because he was like, someone told me that I snored one time. So if it happens, I'm going to put my tape over my mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mouth <laughs> tape, mouth tape, it works. That's amazing. Yeah, mouth breathing, don't do it. That's amazing. You know, I, I want to add to what you said in your group experience. That is so beautiful that you guys got to share that powerful moment. And one of the reasons why I also love leading breathwork sessions in, in groups, it's because, and this is my own personal belief, but I believe the breath is a representation of our own frequency and the frequency that we're emitting. And so group breathing, it's like creating that resonance as a group. And so, I mean, yes, going alone in that cold and doing your own breathing pattern is beautiful, but doing it in a group session, I'm sure that you all tapped into each other's just frequency and energy and allowed you to even stay warmer together as a tribe. So yeah, I just had a beautiful image of you guys just like breathing together. And if we were to have visibility of the wavelengths that were going around you, I'm sure that were just like really powerful in keeping you guys connected. Just going back to how we started with the event, when we breathe together, we tune in together as a community and as a tribe. And I really feel like as an earth tribe, if we were to breathe together more frequently, uh, we would have a lot more um, unity, compassion, understanding for one another. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it just is a reminder of the bigger, how we were mentioned, like we're small little, little specks <laughs> floating around on a rock. That, yeah. And it was another reminder I had there was like the moon. So in the mountains, the moon is still there in the morning. So you have the sun and the moon at the same time. And you can like, because it's so clear that you're not, I'm far outside of a city, you could see like the divots in the moon and you're just reminded like, wow, that thing is, how far away is that thing, right? And I can see it. And then you're just like, wow, I'm really small here. And then when you can embrace that and see how connected we all are, uh, it's very enlightening. And also for me, is reduced my stress, anxiety, everything, because at the end of the day, how you mentioned prior, it's I could take five, 10, 15 years off of work. I'm 31. I mean, I'd be 45. I could still create that million dollar business. I could still create things that would change this world at 45. I could literally sit here and do nothing for the next 14, 15, 20 years, whatever. Do I want to do that? No, because it's fulfilling to wake up and chase my dreams and help others do the same. But the reality is focus on your health and a big part of your health is your breath. I'd love to shift gears here and understand a little bit more of how you turned that passion and that problem that you were solving into a business for yourself. There's a lot of people at the other end of this podcast that are listening that potentially are thinking about starting their own project or their own idea. And a lot of the fear is around how do I make a dollar doing X, Y, Z. So I'd love to hear your story of how it transitioned from solving your own problem to, oh, I think I'm going to actually help other people do the same thing. Yeah, I love that. So I would say, and I don't know the percentage of your audience that currently has a corporate job or has that busy lifestyle. And I feel like there are some jobs out there that 
don't really leave a lot of room for us to be creative or even have a balanced lifestyle. So I would say if you're thinking about a side hustle or you have a project, but you haven't worked on it because there's no breathing room, I experienced that myself. I immediately made a shift where I was like, okay, I have this project in mind and I don't want to completely quit my job because that's what felt safe for me. And I think that it's different to everyone. So I transitioned into a role that was remote, so much more flexible. So just knowing that first creating that environment that can be healthy for you to also work on a side thing. And then I started getting more into breathing and teaching this live breathing sessions and then did a training certification. So I would say the next thing is finding a mentor or someone that you look up to and that has all the tools and all the resources so that you don't have to figure it out alone. And that was the best, I think it was 10K investment that I did for my life. It doesn't have to be 10K, but finding a mentor, someone who's already doing it and who can already give you the resources and tools on how to build a successful, whether that's coaching business or creative business or whatever else. And then after going through that experience, it was a full one-year experience. I began to just organically put myself out there. So I talked about the being and the doing. I think a lot of people focus on the strategy of like, okay, how can I build a business and how do I make this happen? And I think there's a lot of resources, podcasts and books out there that can help you get into that strategy, but it's really important for us to connect to the being, to connect to how can I already embody that person who I aspire to be like you already are that person connect to that inner entrepreneur connect to the person that wants to create impact because otherwise you're chasing again a goal outside of yourself so that was a big part of my business taking off it was like doing the inner work of like I am already here I really need to know who I need to be and really working through my own story of like I'm not good enough to do this so already embracing myself with compassion and knowing that yes I am so ready to be here and then from there I'm a huge believer of like organic growth I I feel like in modern day we're like yeah when you're an Instagram and a podcast and all the things and I think that's helpful but I don't know maybe I'm lucky here to have an organic community here in Austin but plug yourself into a community and start connecting with with people and make sh- making sure that you're delivering a lot of value if you're really passionate and you're and you're wanting to really create impact and make sure that you're delivering a ton of value and yeah, I would say that that's what got me going and, and I'm still in it, baby. Like I'm still uh, figuring out, iterating, be okay with failing. There's many things that I've done really well and many things that I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know what I was doing and that's okay. So I'm learning that entrepreneurship and going on a business is seeking a lot of support, knowing that you don't have to figure it out a lot. You don't have to figure out all your content, all your things. There's a lot of community out there to support you and mentors. And then number two, being okay with failing along the way. That's a big thing that I received last year and continue to get comfortable in sucking and being okay with it. Let's go that route. What have you done that you feel like has been a failure? Well, actually, the person that comes to mind was recently I did a seven-day discipline challenge, and all it was was supporting people. It was going to be a funnel for my larger uh, 90-day mindfulness accelerator container. And one thing, because I was doing, 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 I, I didn't sit and think like, okay, who are my ideal clients for the 90-day mindfulness accelerator? And are they going to be the people that are going to sign up for this one thing? And although the seven-day challenge was absolutely beautiful and wonderful, I sat with a moment of like, oops, okay, I didn't think this through. This The people that attended this event, wonderful. I got their information and their contact, but they're not my ideal client for the 90-day mindfulness accelerator. But I didn't think that through. I was like, okay, great. I'll just get some people and they'll turn up. And I was like, no, for me, or maybe for me personally as a coach and who I'm inviting to my container is really important because I'm seeking to impact specific kind of people. I'm seeking to impact people that are obsessed with achieving and doing. And I realized that setting up a morning ritual for them it's not what they need, right? These people already have a full schedule. And to add another thing on their checklist, they're going to be like, no, I don't need another thing to do. So I would say that was one of my most recent failures. I don't know if you've ever heard this, but you're just paying your tuition. What do you mean? I have never heard this. When you go to school, like we pay dozens of thousands of hundreds of thousands, depending on who you are and what degree you get of money, right? Mm-hmm. And then you four to eight years, depending on if you're going to get your PhD or whatever, just your bachelor's. In entrepreneurship, where's the tuition that you're paying? Like immediately we go into business and we want to be that million dollar business. But the reality is, 
paying tuition is more, it's less about money in entrepreneurship and more about doing things and then feedback and learning from them. Yes. The entrepreneurs that succeed are the ones that, that lesson that you learned, Mm -hmm. you're never going to forget. So if you build another service or another product or you partner with someone else, now you know, okay, I need to understand my customer avatar, the ins and outs right from the get-go. And it's called starting at the end. The other thing that I would notice is above and beyond the morning ritual thing is if someone's signing up for a seven-day thing, who's to say that they would sign up for 90 days? So it's just like you got to realize like the seven-day person wants to sign up for seven-day type of things. And then the 90-day person wants to sign up for 90-day type of things. And another lesson I've learned the hard way, which could potentially help you, is go to where those 90-day people already are and figure out what you can serve to them. So some other product or service is serving your exact ideal customer, right? So what clothes are they buying? What events are they going to? What services do they use every single day? And then how do you provide value to those brands or other businesses? A good instance would is a podcast. Go on a podcast where you have somebody that's in mindfulness or mindset, and they don't have a competing product of a 90-day challenge or anything like that. But if you mention a 90-day challenge on that podcast of a thousand listeners per episode, who has your target customer and you convert at 10%, well, that's a hundred people right there if you were doing 10% of a, a thousand. So it's just like, that's the lesson that I've had to learn is just like, if you build it, they will not come. It's more so go to where something's already built and where that customer avatar is and understanding them and you'll have a lot more success. So what are you doing now to combat what just happened? Because this is super valuable to those that are that are listening because in the corporate world, it's like, oh, like... I failed. My boss is going to be mad at me. So-and-so is going to be mad at me or whatever. But in entrepreneurship, it doesn't work that way. It's just like, okay, back to the drawing board. We got to, we got to figure this out, right? To survive. Like if your business is to survive, you got to go back to the drawing board. So what does that look like today just for this specific? And this is more of a a personal thing because I yeah. want to know. Um, and hopefully somebody can, <laughs> yeah. can learn so from you know this. what? The first thing that came to mind as you were sharing all that valuable information is that I realized that sometimes in entrepreneurship, going back to the being and the doing, we get really caught up on the doing. I just got to do it. I set myself a very strict deadline for this mindfulness. Looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I set some pretty aggressive goals, but I'm learning, right? I'm learning as an entrepreneur. It's different to set those goals than like in a corporate world or in our personal life because it's new. A lot of things are new for me. And so because I set myself this aggressive goal of like, okay, I need to close this many people right now, I was so focused on the doing that I think a lot of what we do sometimes in entrepreneurs is that we forget about our customer. Like what do they actually need? And I got so caught up in the doing that I was like, okay, great. I already have a discipline challenge and I've done it like twice. So I'm like, great, I can just use this and then channel. And then I got so focused on doing that didn't get really curious about pausing. Okay. But what do they actually need? Right? Like what do my customers actually need? And also thinking about it, like it's not the best timing for them because January is that moment where you just come back from the holidays and you're trying to like catch up on all the work that you didn't do. So I'm learning more to continue to connect. And, and as you said, Number one, I need to immerse myself. I need to, again, go to the places, go to the networking events that I attend and really understand that person at a personal level. Because even though I was that, that the reason why I'm serving these people is because I was that achiever, that doer, slowly we create more space between our customer and and who we are. And so I, I think immersing myself is a big one in that world, whether that looks like uh, Austin local, I, I went to a couple like a, an accelerator and like startup events because again, startup people or accelerator, they're doing, 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 achieving, achieving, achieving the next app, the next business, the next thing. I'm like, great, you're my perfect customer. And then what I'm doing is I actually, I'm going to give myself more time. So being gentle with myself and cutting a lot of my personal expenses. That was the other thing. You know, I was trying to keep up with this really beautiful, glamorous lifestyle that I've had for, or not even glamorous, but you know, Austin city living, paying a single bedroom in Austin and having my really yummy matcha lattes (laughs) twice a week. So being willing to be in this state of like, okay, let's be really smart with my personal money so I can give myself more time and not setting myself aggressive goals. So now I've moved my mindfulness accelerator to give myself another two months to, again, really get connected with my ideal audience, to ask for support from people I wasn't asking for support and to deliver 
the absolute best value that I can deliver so that people walk away just like, whoa, like this is, this was life transformational. So yeah, that's what I'm doing differently this time. And March feels like a really good time for me. So you hit the nail on the head. I love that because what you're talking about with the timing of things and then understanding your customer and you had a like A to Z if you're not watching this on YouTube, what Michelle did was she was like talking about how she was her own customer essentially. And then you become detached from that because you go through your own journey. And then you have to remember it was like, okay, where was I at when I was at step A rather than C? Yeah. So it's just like you were at happy hours. And it's funny because I'm going to tell a story with one of my best friends and considered brother from another mother who's also been a client of mine for over three years now, my buddy Corey Lawson, he's been on the, on the podcast. But one day I took him to Odd Duck, a place like that on, off of Manor. And it's like a mid-class restaurant where it's not ultra expensive, but it's also not fast food. And we're sitting there and it's funny because this relates to you. And we're having dinner. He just thinks we're just ha- having dinner and hanging out. And I had a purpose behind it. Uh, I was really grilling into him. I was like, where's your customer? Because what he'll do is he'll work on a Friday or Saturday night. He'll just stay in. And I was trying to teach him. I was like, where's your customer on Friday? And he starts rifling off answers. And I was like, turn around, look all around you. This is what they're doing. Cause he, he's personal training and nutrition consulting. They're all right here. So the way that you interact with them and get more referrals and meet more people, just because you don't necessarily drink or you don't party or you don't do these certain things, they are. So you have to not get so disconnected from that space so that you understand what are they doing on a Friday and a Saturday night or Tuesday or Thursday happy hour? What is that lifestyle? What are they doing? And if you can understand that. You then know how to market to them and you get inbound traffic rather than outbound. So it's cool that you mentioned that because you hit the nail on the head of just like timing and the where is super important. It also relates to me because I want to release a course and I've been building a course. I have the copy behind it now. I just got to do the videos. And I started thinking like, okay, when should I release this course? And it started out as I was going to release in December, but then I was just like, no, that wouldn't be the right time for the, my target customer because December is like, Erin is a great, great example. Like she, the only week she has off, like without her having to take off is week of Christmas. They automatically, everyone just has off that week. No one's really working, right? So I was like, I don't want to do December. I also then compete with bigger brands with the Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and then going into December deals. And then I was like, well, I can't do January either. So I was like, hmm, when would be a good time? Still working on figuring that exact out, but I'm just kind of validating you. I learned that the hard way as well because I've launched things. What hurt even worse is I've helped other people do stuff and it didn't work. And then it looks even worse on me because I'm like, fuck. So for you, like you're coming out, again, you're just paying that tuition. And I also want to validate you for the cutting of expenses. The number one thing in my course we start with is finance. And the first thing we do is like personal expenses and where can you cut to then reinvest? So being comfortable with that. Yeah. So for you, maybe you don't have to spend less. You just have to readjust. Like if you're spending a hundred dollars a month on, on matcha lattes, (laughs) sit down with an expert, pay their hundred dollar an hour fee, sit down with them for an hour and maybe they save you six months on the back end. Yeah. Yeah. My big thing is uh, my living expenses and getting a roommate and getting comfortable with that just for a year. I think I read a quote, was it by Jim Carrey? It's like, if you are not willing to sacrifice the life that you've got because you care what people think about you, something something about just like, I think a lot of times we get so caught up on the story of like, oh, people are going to think I'm like cutting down expenses. And like, we are just so, we have that money story of like money reflecting our worth and then getting comfortable with that. It's like, yeah, I'm paying a $600 rent and doing whatever else, but then you're building like this empire. So yeah, I'm getting comfortable with that this year. And at the same time, a lot of the work that I did last year was, I'm a big believer of inner work and also the outer work, right? You have to show up and do, but also do the inner work. So I've been moving through a lot of like limiting beliefs about like my own money story, about my ability to create abundance outside of my engineer career. That was a big shift. I think a lot of us have an attachment to our title and our role and the thought of going into this whole new thing where like, well, you know, how am I going to make money off of breathing? (laughs) And then I've been able to just sit with that and realize that 
just the same way as I was able to accomplish beautiful things as an engineer, I can do that with anything else in my life. It's the same energy, the same person that's showing up. And the more comfortable I get with creating all the things that I truly desire, the more fully I get to authentically express myself. And I really feel that that's our purpose as humans. And you're still an engineer. I'm a, exactly, I'm still an engineer. That's the thing. Like, you're just engineering a different result. <laughs> I am. That's the I thing am. that I had to learn. It's just yes, like... Yes, accepting all of that. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm I'm using my everything I learned in engineering school and, and work even today. Like we're setting up cameras and, and audio and, and lights. You're constantly solving problems. And that's what I'd love to kind of like shift in, into an end on here is who is that specific customer for you? So if they're at the other end of this podcast, maybe they reach out to you. And what results do you help them achieve? If I'm coming to you as a stressed out entrepreneur or stressed out corporate person that needs a little bit of help and accountability in my life, why should I pay for breath work? Why should I pay to work with Michelle? What is that end result that I'm really going to to get? Yeah. Thanks for providing that space. So you mentioned the overwhelmed entrepreneur and there's also like the overachiever or anyone that relates to constantly being in a cycle of doing, 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 doing and achieving. Maybe you have a really strict schedule and a routine and you have everything in your life planned out. And I'm not saying that that's bad, but you're not really comfortable. And I'm not talking about you, you're my ideal clients. It's not comfortable with slowing down. The thought of slowing down is like really uncomfortable. And a lot of times why unconsciously it's really uncomfortable is because when we slow down, we have to meet ourselves. And there's a lot that we don't want to deal with. So whatever realized in my own personal life is that yeah achieving feels good and is rewarded and also is rewarded in my salary but deep deep in my core the reason why I was having a hard time slowing down is because I wasn't willing to meet myself in that place of like who am I when I'm not achieving so getting comfortable with that achieving can be a way of a more I guess healthy way to hide from our true self to hide from our shadow so in terms of like the outcome, the idea is for achievers and people that are growth oriented, and I love growth oriented people. I love people that are out there being ambitious and really going for the things that they desire, but getting comfortable with knowing who they are when they're not achieving, really getting to know their essence, and then also learning how to self-regulate themselves. So self-regulation is essential for people to be better leaders, better partners, better community uh, leaders. Like when you're able to be present with yourself in all ranges of emotion and not using achievement as a way to self-validate yourself, you're able to sit with failure and sit with other circumstances in life with a lot more grace. And so the outcome of this is to experience number one, ease in your life. Like I feel one thing that I feedback that I get a lot is like, I'm working out, I'm in nature, all the things, but all I can think about is work or all I can think about is all the projects I need to do. And so teaching people, because it requires a petition, just like showing up to the gym, how to reel the mind into the present moment, how can that actually lead to a physiological state of ease and how can also lead to a greater sense of well-being like at an emotional and mindset state. So really my goal is for my clients to walk away feeling bliss regardless of the external things that are happening in their life because from this state of bliss, you can go after the things that you truly, truly desire. So to give you an example, uh, one client of mine she is coming from a pharmaceutical background and I think she did pharmaceutical and a master's degree at the same time. Grind, 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 go, 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 go. She's doing all the things. And one thing that we're working on is for her to get comfortable with her next stage of life, waking up to the reality that pharma is cool, but I actually want to do this whole different thing that has nothing to do with pharmaceutical school. And so, okay, before we get into the strategy of the doing of how to do that, and that's not my expertise, I'm supporting her in getting comfortable with slowing down and getting really clear to what she truly, truly desires and getting comfortable with taking those action steps forward. I never tell my clients what to do. I allow them to tap into their own wisdom. And with the breath, we're able to self-regulate ourselves so that every step along the way feels easy. feels easy because we're creating that safety. So yeah, I hope that was well-rounded. That was 
a great response to that question. And it honestly strikes a chord with me and where I'm at in my life. Cause you talked about the word bliss. And when I think of the word bliss, I'm thinking of being able to make confident decisions. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. We all go through the the mind fuck that is going back and forth with what should we do with our career? What should we do with our life? What should we do in our relationships over and over and over again? Like no matter how young or how old you are, from the moment we're born, we have this voice inside our head that is stealing bliss away from us a lot of the times because we can't make decisions. And I think when you're able to breathe and again, get in a state of understanding who you are and that's understanding what you want out of life. You mentioned the word desire. Most people desire things because somebody else has told them that that's what's worth it. So the engineering job, the car, the house, the nice things, the matcha lattes. Even the partner, yeah. But I'll use you as an example. Do you desire the matcha latte more than you desire <laughs> to help other people yeah. live their lives in a happier and healthier that is way? Such a good reframe. When you are able to weigh those things, you're just like, oh, I can I can go without that matcha latte. Totally. I can go out go without that house. I can go like what I'm truly desiring deep down because I know myself is something way different than what my actions are saying. So I that really hits home with me because that's something that I've practiced over the years. And I think that everybody should practice is, is really understanding the desires that you have and aligning them with your actions. Yeah. You know, I want to add just one more thing that came to mind as you were sharing that is that a lot of the work that I do is that a lot of achievers, we're achieving also because we're seeking a feeling outside of ourselves. So whether that's freedom or joy or connection we're seeking through achievement. The higher I go up the scale, the more income I make, I'll finally get that partner. I'll finally feel good about myself or I'll finally be able to be in that full schedule. I have time for myself. And so what we've been able to see from a lot of wealthy and successful elite performers is that external things are excellent, but your inner state of being is what really matters the most. And going back to that image where I was in California with my ideal partner and my ideal life and the ideal sunset and still not feeling okay with myself. So when we first address that, then we can make a lot of changes in our life. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to highlight that. Yeah, you got you got to start with you from the age one and on everybody is pulling you in so many different directions and we're never taught that. So that's why I love bringing on guests such as yourself. And I'd love to connect anybody that your story hit home with. And if they want to reach out to you, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Yeah, the best way to get in contact with me. So Instagram and my website, my Instagram handle is Michelle Andrea Flores. Um, and then my website is Michelle Flores, F-L-O-R-E-Z.com. Awesome. Last question. Yes. I ask this to everybody. Take your time because it might take you a couple seconds. Mm -hmm. But when I say the word thriving, what does that mean to you? Before becoming a coach, I do have a bigger project in mind called Terra Nova Tribe. That is our logo is Thrive with the Tribe. And so when I think of thrive, I think of that idea of community and connection. And for me, thrive, the first image that comes to mind is like a beautiful seed coming together with all these different elements, like the wind then the water and the sun. And when I think of that, I think of like our individual capacity to elevate one another. So when I think of thrive, I think of thrive with a tribe and I don't think you can thrive without a tribe. And yeah, that, that's what comes to mind when, when, I, when I think of thriving, which is exactly what you're doing with your podcast and your business. That's why I feel in full alignment with everything that you're doing. And I love that you're giving me the opportunity to share here what I do and some of the other entrepreneurs in the community. So thank you for helping us thrive. Uh, thank you for that. <laughs> that's where the whole Strive Together, Thrive Together came from, which is uh, the, more I've, the more I surrounded myself with other people um, that I used to think were actually competing with me, once I dropped that like competitive mindset and was just like, we're all here to support one another and grow, uh, rising tides lift all ships. 
my life just completely opened up and opportunities opened up. And with those opportunities, I felt more bliss and I felt more confident in making my decisions. Just like I was mentioning to you earlier, like this is my favorite day of the week recording. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things that I used to be un- not confident enough to even say, like, I'm going to have a podcast. But once I understood like the desire that we were mentioning of, no, this is something I really desire. I love sharing other people's stories. How do I go about doing this? And one thing I always talk about my biggest takeaways on the podcast, it was kind of like a two-part thing with you. It's understanding yourself and, and your desires and what you're seeking out of your life, like slowing down. But then also you've mentioned multiple times that you caught yourself not leaning into support. So with even with the last thing you tried with the seven-day challenge turning into the 90-day challenge, you didn't lean into that support. So anybody listening to this if you understand what your desires are, it's much easier to understand who you should be reaching out to and A, serving, but B, asking for help. And I think asking for help is a tough thing for all of us to do. And Michelle here shared a pretty traumatizing story that she went went through and Mm -hmm. now she's able to help other people by using that story. So if you have a story that you want to share and you understand the desires that you have, you now can step confidently into who you want to become. And that was a huge takeaway. And I just want to thank you again for for spending time with me here today. Any last words? Thank you for having me here. And I hope that if your audience walks away with anything today, uh, as you said, I would say slowing down and using the breath as a tool to reel the mind into the present moment. In this present moment, we can find like all the wisdom that, that we need to make any decision or to show up differently in our lives. And it's free. And it's free. I love y'all. This is CJ Finley. Best thing you can do for me is share this episode with somebody that you think would love and enjoy this and give us that nice five-star rating. Until next time, this is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.